And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, and you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast with Davey Riskin and Mickey Brennan. Davey, um, you, you, you're, you're not long home. Uh, the mid-senior hurling final uh, is just after concluding, and I'm not sure if you still have your voice. You were commentating on uh, Mid-GA um, through their social media for the game today. What a cracking game of hurling. Don't go into too much depth, because we will be coming back to it in a couple of minutes, but just let me just test your voice levels there and see if you're still okay. <laughs> They've come back, I think, significantly, Mickey, after that. Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal game. I don't know about you. You've done so many games yourself over the years. I always think it's very easy to commentate on a really good and high-quality game. And that it was. It was a tremendous game of hurling today. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, we'll be coming back to that because we have so much to get through. Um, we have the senior and intermediate hurling from 2020. Uh, they were played this weekend. Um, we also have the Camogues were out. Um, we had uh, in the LGFA circles, we had under 14 and under 18s out this week. And then we have a lot to look forward to. We've got the under 20B All-Ireland Hurlem final. Uh, Mead will take on Derry in that one. And um, we ha- also have in the LGFA circles again, the All-Ireland semi-final between Mead and Cork. That's next weekend. We'll have a little look at that. And of course, in two weeks time, it'll be the Mead footballers taking on Sligo. Um, yes, you heard me correctly. It is going to be Sligo. Sligo got over Ross Common. They won their first Connacht Championship since 1968. And the best tweet I saw on the weekend after that victory for Sligo was, oh my God, they've landed on the moon since we last won our uh, yeah. <laughs> a minor title. <laughs> Class. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, look, so many things have happened since Sligo last won the, uh, the, the minor championship. I'd say Sligo got electricity since the last time that they won uh, a minor <laughs> title, but absolutely brilliant for them. And it will be Mead facing off against Lego. So Davey, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with the Hurling. Um, and the intermediate final of 2020 was played in the weekend. Wolf Tones won 11, Boards Mill 8 points. And Wolf Tones full value for this victory. They were, Mickey, yeah. They, they dominated um, large portions, I suppose, of the first half and um, ended up being four points up to the best of my at the break. Um, now, Boards Mill did come out, they had uh, they had the breeze in the second half and they did narrow the deficit to two and that was with Evan Dixon sent off for a straight red card. Um, I, I'm not really sure, I didn't see it, it was an off-the-ball instant, but what I did see is he went on a really incredible, mazy run, but he ended up over carrying the ball and I think out of pure frustration, he might have give, given his man a jolt to the hurl. Anyway, um, referee Owen Ganley had no doubt but to give him a straight red card, but to, to their credit... Boards Mill, um, you know, responded, got it back to two points. They looked the better side, they were well on top. But as we've often seen in countless amount of games now at this stage, Mickey, the second water break was the godsend from a Wolf Tones perspective. They got in, they regrouped, they came out for the last 15 minutes and they were a different side. They got a couple of scores and they, they just seen it out really, really well. Um, Kieran Conway was the difference, corner forward. He's a, he's a bit of a blow-in from Waterford. But he's come in to the club in the last couple of years and he's a really popular figure. And he was the standout player on the night. He got one, two from play. He, he was constant thorn in the boards mill side. It was an awful night for Harlan Mickey, as you, you remember Saturday night. It was a dreadful yeah. night. Um, wind and rain, terrible conditions, really low scoring affair. But you'd have to say all round Wolf Tones were just that little bit better overall and deserved a win. Yeah, and Borsmill, who had, had great hopes going into that game, very lucky in the end. And, you know, you know, on a, on a different day, it could have been a different story. Maybe the, the scoreline flatters uh, Wolf Tones a little bit. 
I suppose you mentioned it already, weather um, would have had a huge impact on that game. But Wolf Tones on the day, full value for the victory. We will have a full uh, review of this game um, on and the Senior Hurling Final on our Loyal Royals podcast with interviews from the Intermediate Final with Tom McKeown, the Wolf Tones manager, and the aforementioned Kieran Conway, um, who scored 1-2 in the night. And then from the Senior Final, we will also have uh, interviews from Alan uh, Douglas, Brian Bino Dowling, and the manager Neely Coyle from um, Trim. Or sorry, Neely Cole uh, from Trim. And, uh, you know, we'll go on to that final straight away, Davey. Uh, senior Hurling final. What an absolute epic final. Rathoth and uh, Trim, 126 to Trim, 125 to Rathoth. With five or six minutes remaining in normal time, Davey Rispin, looked like Rathoth were we're coasting six points up after getting that goal, an absolutely brilliant goal by the by Kean Rogers, who had a phenomenal game for Rathout. But I suppose it was the tale of two players, Alan Douglas uh, for Trim and Kean Rogers for Rathout, who stood out. Padre Hanrahan obviously was brilliant and unerring from freeze, as was Shane Bino Dowling uh, for, for for Trim. But he ended up going off in extra time and the other quarter forward ended up going off in, in extra time. And Alan Douglas ended up taking a free to draw things level at the in the closing stages of extra time. But well, as I said, going back to that final few minutes of the game, Davey, Rathout cruising six points up and Trim just reeled him in. Yeah, it was almost the realisation for Trim, the situation they were in. As you say, six points was, was the lead. By Rototh, and I, I kind of said it on comms when when Rogers netted that goal. I thought that was it, to be honest with you. But to their credit, Trim went down the other end. They got two quick fire points, and yeah. then they got the goal through Mikey Cullen, the substitute who came on. He was brilliant. He got a goal and a point, but the goal was a long, I suppose, agricultural hoof into the right into the mixer. I suppose wasn't dealt with by Rototh. Mikey Cullen was the man to pull on and he got the goal and suddenly it was a one-point game and all the momentum and the impetus was with, with Trim at that stage. They went on to go a point up and uh, then Padre Hanron with almost the last puck of the game um, pointed from a free to ensure extra time and I don't think, well, maybe, maybe Trim were a little bit disappointed with the extra time but nobody else or nobody from a neutral standpoint was disappointed in extra time because... It was just a tremendous game. Two really, really good sides. You gave their all. You mentioned a couple of the players, Padre O'Hanron and Keane Rogers. <laughs> to say they didn't deserve to be on the losing team would be the biggest understatement of the year, I would say, Mickey. They contributed, to the best of my knowledge, 122 between them. 122 of uh, Retote's total of what? was it 125. 125. Of 125. Um, it was absolutely sensational. Keane Rogers scored 1-9 from play. 1-9 from play um, in one of the best performances ever seen in Park Talton in the Senior Hurling Final. Unfortunately for Keane, he, he wasn't on the winning team. He didn't even get the man of the match because obviously the man of the <laughs> match was the captain for Trim and that was Alan Douglas. And in extra time, as you've already said, he was the man. It looked like they were just going to hang on. They were a point up. Um, Bino had gone off. Uh, James Murray had gone off. So they get a free just inside the, just inside the Retote half dead straight in front of the post and like Dougie stepped up and um, we'll hear from him in the Loyal Royals but he's not he's not a natural free taker he doesn't even practice him because he's third, third or fourth choice and even James Toher just hit a lot of the long range frees for them <laughs> but he stepped up Mickey and it just about we're going to say it just about hung on and went over but then from the result of free it was the last play of the game referee Pat and let it go Trim won possession. They managed to orchestrate it over Talon Douglas on the far side and he hit the most incredible of shots that dropped beautifully over the crossbar from a Trim point of view. And from the resulting puck out, Trim won possession and Gannon blew the full-time whistle and that was it. It was devastation for Retote. You know, they've been on the other side of it only a few months ago in the football and they know how it feels to be on that side. Now they know how it feels to be on the Gale Column Kill side, I suppose, what they were on um, for Trim. You know, their first championship in 20 years since 2001, Mickey. Uh, a tremendous achievement. And uh, there were underdogs going into this final. They were they looked to bet out the gate when they were six points down, but they managed to fight back time and time again. And it's uh, just an outstanding win for them. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And and Alan Douglas's uh, winning point, as you said, they, they, they managed to get their hands on the ball uh, from the puck out 
after his free and uh, the ball played out to him. And it was a snapshot because he was under a lot of pressure. The third player came in to block him down, managed to get the shot off, and it just dropped two two yards behind. It was so high that the the goalkeeper was never going to have a chance of keeping it in play, but it literally came from maybe the height of the, the, the post and came just dropped straight down behind the, the, the actual crossbar, maybe a, a meter behind the crossbar. And uh, that was all she wrote. Absolutely incredible scenes uh, in, in part touch and a fabulous, fabulous game of Hurling. And as I said, we will have a full review of the, the senior Hurling final and the intermediate Hurling final. And from the senior final, we have Alan Douglas and Bino Dowland um, and Neely Cole uh, uh, interviewed after their victory. Davy Rispin, um, I suppose. Looking at it, well, just to let our listeners know as well, on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, we've got so much going on. We have the intermediate and we've got the senior hurling review, but we have championship starting next weekend, football championship, club championship next weekend. We are going to be doing a review of each of the championships, the junior, intermediate and senior. We're going to be giving predictions on all the groups and games that are being played um, uh, this week. And um, yeah, so don't miss that. That's going to be full of information for anybody out there who needs to know what's going to be happening on a championship basis uh, next weekend. Davy, sticking with the sticks, um, the Camogues were out um, also today, Sunday, and they were taking on Galway in their last round game of the um, intermediate uh, group stage of the championship. Now, look, they were already through to a quarterfinal. This game was played in Rathout. This was to determine who was going to finish first and who was going to finish second. Galway ended up winning 5-13 to 2-9. Now, I, I, I got to watch a lot of this game today, Davy, and in the first half, while it was nip and tuck between the two teams, Mead had the majority, the lion's share of possession in that opening half. And even after the, 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 the water break, looked like they were the ones that were going to push on. They squandered a couple of chances. There was a couple of goal chances that they missed or, or a couple of shots that dropped short. They had a few wides and they were just dominating the game. They were really um, brilliant in the middle of the field. Uh, Troy and I think it was uh, Ethan Minogue out there just dominating the middle sector. Then all of a sudden, one of the most incredible performances that I've seen um, in Camogie, um, Onya Keane for Galway, 19-year-old, scored an unbelievable goal and then was straight away from the resulting puck out was involved in the next goal and the two goals in the space of maybe 30 or 40 seconds killed off the game it ended up being 2-4 to um to Galway and five points to Mead and it was it was a huge ask then because both teams were brilliant in defense in that opening 20 25 minutes and I suppose Mead were chasing the game at that stage on a plus note Moira Kirby, another two goals for me this week. Um, and, uh, you know, but look, it just means they probably have a more difficult quarter final than they would have hoped for. Yeah, I suppose. And look, at maybe in hindsight now, looking at it, uh, Mead might have been a little bit undercooked going into this game, Mickey. You look at the, the two games that have gone before against Dublin and Carlo, and there were probably too easy maybe in, in the way in which the materialise. Now look, Galway did play them as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, so I suppose that can't really be be brought into it. Galway are a very good side. Mead would have known that. I think it'll serve Mead well getting that. It's better off to got it now than in the quarterfinal. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, hopefully that'll be the, the the lift that the Mead girls need. But yeah, as you said, conceding 5-13, it is a bit of a a rude awakening I suppose for Brendan Skihan's girls um, but yeah I'd, I'd look at the plus side as well Myra Kirby she got 3-3 three, three, I think was it last week against Carlo mm-hmm. another two goals she's a machine in there and she is definitely going to be um, one to, to look out for for the future um, I suppose Ethan Minogue got three points as well from, from midfield as he said in, in, a, in a very good display but it's it's a worry it, it's just the margin of it is what concerns me I wouldn't really have minded if you were beaten and, and you know it was a really competitive game in that but it's just the fact that the margin was what it was and we now wait to see who Mead will play in that quarterfinal as you say Mickey it's going to be a perceived tougher game because Mead finished second in the group and Galway ended up top in the group in the, in the end Yeah um, I do think that the game hung on those two goals um, and had it, had it been Mead that had taken their chances. I think uh, I think it was Ethan Minogue um, had uh, no, it wasn't Ethan Minogue. Um, was it Jane Dolan or Megan Tyne um, had a, a goal chance before those two goal chances? 
and it smashed off the crossbar and went over the bar. Um, had that got into the net, that probably would have given me the three-point cushion and it would have been Galway chasing the game. And it's funny how a game can just change uh, in the space of seconds. But it was, it did look like me were, were the team on the ascendancy at that stage. Two goals in seconds um, changed the game. But look, as we said already, I don't think um, I, I, I don't think they're going to be too worried about it. They will be disappointed at the scoreline that they let in. But as you said, get it out of the way in the last group game and not in a quarter final. So look, it is, there is a quarter final to look forward to for these Camogues, and we wish them the very best. Look, Brendan Skeen and the girls. Um, yeah, we, we, when we get that fixture, we will. Uh, preview the game and uh, uh, we look forward to seeing how the girls do in that quarter final. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Um, David, just on the LGFA, the ladies' football um, front. Again, we go from strength to strength. Everything is looking up in, in, in me, ladies football. The under-14s were out uh, during the week. They beat Longford on a scoreline of 4-11 to three goals and five. They now meet Kildare in the under-14A final. And then in the under-18s, it was me, two goals and 15, and it was Kildare, one goal and 12. So um, they face Longford this Wednesday evening in our home venue. But to go back to that under-14 game, um, absolutely brilliant from, from the Mead girls. Um, you know, four eleven to three five, setting up an A final, David. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, one of the St Ultons ladies, Rachel Castle, was part of that team. She played in the middle of the field and contributed a point. Two nights mm-hmm. later, she played in the league semi final for St Ultons against St Pat's, and she scored five goals um, in an incredible performance. She's a superstar, um, as are many of these. You know, so um, brilliant to see. I suppose me ladies going from strength to strength, not just at senior level, but you can now see sort of the filtration behind it and the effect, the knock-on effect that the ladies, the senior ladies are having now on the likes of the minors and under-20s and stuff as well. So it's brilliant to see. Um, it's it's fair to say Mead ladies is in a, in, in a really healthy position, I would say. Yeah, it really is. And and, and the under-18s with that win over um, Kildare, that game was played in Hawfield and Newbridge and the scorers for Mead on the day were Orla Mallon, uh, she hit 1-4. Lara O'Neill won two, Nicole Smith four points, Kira Smith three points, and Rachel Casserly and Neve McEntee both with a point each. And great to have a spread of scores like that, Davy. That you know there, there isn't one player that's doing all the work. Like you've got four players on three points plus there, and um, uh, at the end of the game, so it just means that the next game you go into the, the opposition are like, well, who do we man mark here, like, or who do we uh, try to tie up? more than than the other corner forward or the the other half forward or whatever. Again, great to see so many um, scoring forwards on another Mead team. Yeah, it's been a hallmark, I suppose, of the Mead senior ladies as well, Mickey. You know, not just relying on one or two for probably scores. And that variety makes it nigh on impossible for a team to try and eradicate all the danger women in opposition teams and stuff. So it's brilliant to see, you know, multiple players getting multiple scores in a game and it's only going to bode well for the future. It really is. Um, David, we'll come back to a fixture there in the LGFA that people might already know about, but uh, we'll go to a couple of other fixtures. So uh, on the Hurlem front, on Wednesday night, Mead will take on Derry in Newry in the All-Ireland Under-20B All-Ireland final. So that's, uh, again, on the Hurlem front, after you know steadying the ship in the John McDonough Cup this year, the Under-20s true to a B All-Ireland final. Really good, uh, bright future for these lads. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the players that was on, or sorry, a couple of the players that were on show for Trim at the weekend are key men in this side as well. So I'm sure they'll enjoy um, they'll enjoy tonight, but they'll probably be focusing from tomorrow on that under-20 final. The likes of Ian Birmingham and James Murray, who, came, who played key roles in that Trim side, they're going to be in the side. I'm not sure there could be even a couple of the retote lads as well. 
Um, but they did it well in their semi-final. Um, going to be a different test now in the final, obviously. But yeah, it'd be brilliant to win an All-Ireland B um, at under-20 level with the, the view to a whole host of these probably playing next year. I know um, possibly Charlie Ennis as well, but I know a number of these under-20 fellas have already been part of Nick Weir's plans already. But I'm sure looking ahead to next year, a few of those will also come in and join the party. Yeah, and speaking of uh, All-Ireland semi-finals and All-Ireland finals again, you know, we have an All-Ireland minor final to look forward to when Meadle take on Sligo. Sligo, um, the underdogs against uh, a very fancied Roscommon side, uh, as we mentioned at the start of the show, um, just doing a job on them and, and getting through to this All-Ireland semi-final. They had a massive homecoming um, in Sligo City. And, you know... They, they, they're dead right. They haven't won it since 1968. Celebrated. Dead right is right. And uh, look, from a Mead standpoint, uh, you know, there's definitely, I think one of their players um, contributed 13 points, or sorry, the corner forward contributed uh, a big tally, was it? Um, I can't think of his name now off the top of my head, but look, they'll, they'll be in bonus territory and um, unfortunately from a Mead standpoint, we'll probably be labelled as the favourites and that's fine. But um it's a great opportunity for both, you know, going into an All-Ireland semi-final. You said at the top of the show, Mickey, like, you know, who would have thought it if you said at the start of the year, Mead and, and Sligo in an All-Ireland semi-final at minor level. You know, nobody would have believed you. But we've seen it at under-20 level again this year. You know, you look at um, you look at Ross Common and Offaly, you know, going to contest mm-hmm. the under-20 decider too. So it's, it's brilliant to see, I suppose, novel parents. Um, but yeah, it's it's... Look at it. I'm sure the lads would have got a good chance to have a look at it. Maybe even a couple of them got down to see the game, which will be good. Me, they've had the benefit of an extra week and they have two weeks to fully focus on Sligo. Don't make any mistake that Carlo Brick, his management team, and these players will be treating Sligo with the utmost respect and they'll be preparing for them and solely them. And they'll want to get over that before they start looking ahead. But it is a good opportunity for, for me and probably Sligo as well. Yeah, and one thing is for sure is that Colin O'Brick will know the name of that corner forward to uh, put up that big tally. <laughs> he certainly will. <laughs> last Saturday or last Friday when that game was played. But um, yeah, um, it, just brilliant that we have another All-Ireland semi-final to look forward to after being in All-Ireland semi-final only weeks ago with the 2020 uh, minor team. And then, again, this weekend coming, we have the All-Ireland semi-final of the Ladies' Senior Championship meet against Cork. Uh, a repeat of the first round game of the championship for Mead. And um, Davy, there's absolutely no reason why Eamon Murray and his girls shouldn't be confident going into this game. They obviously played them, as we said, um, in the first round of the championship. They will have learned from that game. But, you know, this is a shot to, this is a shot for nothing. You know what I mean? Like a shot, a free shot at Cork. And if they go in and apply themselves the way they have been in recent weeks, there's no reason why they should fear them. And, and, and at the end of the day, I think if they go in and they give a good account of themselves, if they win or lose, we don't mind. This is a phenomenal year for Eamon Murray and the girls. Yeah, and it's just snowballed and snowballed. You know, game in, game out, everything's been a bonus. I would have said the Armagh game was even a... Mm-hmm. a bonus onto what you would have expected at the start of the year we'll say but it's been an incredible year that's seen them yield a, a league title and it now an All-Ireland semi-final place and you're right they're playing a side in which you know they were beaten by two points in Burn the first round and by all accounts it sounds as if they were unlucky to be beaten that night Cork despite being in a semi-final, despite being still one of the big two in, in the country, I think it's fair to say haven't set the world alight. And even the last day against Waterford, you know, didn't didn't blow them away. There was only three points in that for most of the game. I think it finished up being five or six in the end. But they're not exactly blitzing teams, shall we say. They're not putting up massive tallies. Um, Mead, Mead can score goals. And I think the key to this will be scoring goals Cork got one, I think, against Mead, and that was the difference. It was one nine to ten points from memory, Mickey, possibly in that meeting uh, in the first round of the championship. And if Mead can get in for a couple of goals, they have every chance because of their supreme level of fitness and uh, the intensity to bring to the game. They have an excellent defensive outfit as well. Like you know, if they limit, I I'd go as far as to say if they can limit Cork to one nine again, I'd be astonished if Mead don't win this game because I think. In a forward department now, they, they have a, a kind of a plethora of 
um, expressive forwards who are well capable of contributing, like we talked about with the with the minors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, let's have a crack at it. It's it's obviously an interesting venue. I know there's been a lot of talk about that, but Tume is a strange choice for a game like this between um, Mead and Cork. I would have said the Midlands, even you could go down a little bit further south to Turles and the Gaelic grounds. It wouldn't have been a disaster from a Mead standpoint, but it is what it is. And um, yeah, we wish we wish Eamon and the girls all the very best. Yeah, a lot of talk on social media during the week about the fixture and how Dublin were able to get their semi-final against Mayo uh, as a double header in Crow Park. Um but uh, I think it is a double header, isn't it? In, in yeah, with, with but it, yeah. that sort of makes sense. Like I can understand yeah. why they've done that because it's the same two teams for the All Ireland semi final. So yeah, you know, I, I don't think there's anything sinister about that, to be honest. No, 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 absolutely not. But uh, but Dragon Cork and Mead over the tomb, um, yeah. yeah, just seemed a little bit. But then again, it is down to um, uh, pitches being available and county boards allowing the the the, the, the use of their pitches and whatever. But again. Look, it's the same for Cork. It's pretty much similar. It's two, two, two and a half hours uh, drive for everybody going to that game. And, and meet supporters will be over there in full voice at 1.45 in Tume on Saturday. And as we said, we wish the uh, uh, Mead team and Eamon Murray the very, very best luck in the All-Ireland semi-final. Absolutely incredible. What a year it's been for Mead GAA um, from the LGFA to the Hurling to the footballers. To the underage, it's just been absolutely phenomenal and it's still going. Um, but not only is it still going, Davy Rispin, but the club championships are about to start, and we're going to go into those fixtures for next weekend. I'm going to run through them all. Um, as we said, we're going to go into depth on our Loyal Royals podcast um, on each of the championships. Um, but um, we are going to run through the fixtures, and Davy will pick out the ones that stand out for him. So in the junior championship in group A. On Friday, it's St. Vincent's against Cortown. That game is in Kilmessen. And also in Group A, it is on Saturday, it's Castledown versus Kilbride. And that game is at 6.30. So anybody going to Tume will be able to get back for that game. In Group B, uh, on Friday, it's Kilmaine and Mud against St. Bridges. That game is in Minolte at 7.30. And then on Sunday, it is Boards Mill against Carna Ross. That game is in Kildalki at 1pm. Then in Group C, it is Dunsany, uh, on, sorry, on Saturday, it's Dunsany versus St. Dalton's. That game is in Abboy at 6.30. And then on Sunday, it's Minalti against Slane. And that game is in Kilberry. Davy Rispin, am I missing Group D? There is no Group D in the junior. There is no group D. That's all right. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't made a mistake. A, B, but, and C, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so what stands out for you there, Davey? Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of teams that had a good finish to the cup competitions, the Lycus and Dalton's there coming up against Dunsany. Um, and uh, again, Castletown and Kilbride, who, who, who you know, have uh, have been standout performers in, in, in the cup competitions this year as well. Yeah, they played each other in the, in the Talton Cup uh, just a few weeks ago and there was nothing in it. The game that sticks out for me is Boards Mill and Karen Ross because yeah. they met in the first round of the championship last year and um, Boards Mill, or sorry, it could have been the second round of the championship last year, actually. Boards Mill led by two points at halftime, but unfortunately just couldn't see out the job in the second half. There's no Frank O'Reilly um, because he's suspended from his sending off in the semi-final last year against Beliver. So when you take Frank out with Karen Ross... Needless to say, they're not the same unit. Boardsmill have been going really, really well. Took Castletown extra time in the Talton Cup semi-final a couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously beaten in the hurling over the weekend, but I don't think that'll really deter them too much. I think they're a very strong proposition and that potentially could be the tie of the round in the junior championship. Yeah, um, and then when you look into your own group there, Davy St. Vincent's and Cortem, we won't talk about that one. That's 730 on uh, Friday evening, but just to, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the Friday evening k- uh, throw-ins? Yeah, it gives you a good uh, good run at the weekend, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, no, look, from actually from, and this is going to sound a little bit greedy, but I can get to more games now on, on Saturdays and Sundays because when your game, and you know yourself, when your game is sometimes a, a Saturday evening or, you know, a Sunday afternoon and stuff, it kind of, you don't get. I, I like the Friday evening. I don't mind it at all, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, Kilmessen's a bit of a, an, an interesting venue, I suppose. It wouldn't be one that hosts too many football matches or anything like that. But it's it's a novel enough pairing in terms of trying to find a venue for it. So, um, look, it'll be a tough test. We we know all about St Vincent's their credentials. They are the 
reigning and defending Talton champions, beating two of the last three Junior A finals. So they're, they're going to be a strong proposition, but we'll give it a lash. Uh, Dunsanians and Daltons, just before we go on, because obviously we have to talk about the noisy neighbours. Yeah, like there was only a point between them when they met in the Talton Cup. Dunsany bet them by a point. Dunsany have been a little bit inconsistent in recent weeks. Mm. Um, but I still think they probably hold all the aces in this one. Oltons have been a little bit inconsistent themselves. They've got a bit of form going in the last few weeks. Um, I, I think Paul Murray could be a big injury doubt for St. Oltons, and he was one of their standout performers, I suppose, from last year as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he's not available. Um, I think Oltons have a chance of coming out of this group, but I wouldn't have banked on them getting a result against Dunsany in order to get out of the group. So I think Dunsany should open up with a win and set them on their way. It is... It is one of the nicer groups without too, being too disrespectful to the other teams in it for Dunsany and I'd expect them to get uh, open up with a win. Yeah, if the Dolphins are to get out of that group, basically they'll have to do with the hard way winning their last two games. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn Placing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Uh, Davy, we'll move on now to the intermediate, and of course, the three groups in the junior, but we have five groups in the intermediate. So in Group A on Friday the thirteenth, we have Nobber taking on Blackhall Gales. That game is in Trim at seven thirty, and then on Sunday we have St Pat's against Bective in Dalek at three thirty. In Group B, it's Clonmagill against Longwood. That game is in Clonard at five pm. On hmm, that must be wrong. Uh, if it's down, I have it down as Friday. Uh, 13th, but I don't think there'll be a game at 5 pm. Who is it between, sorry? Clonmagale and, and Longwood. Right. Um, so I'll have to check out the time on that one and maybe the, the date. But Clonmagale will be taking on Longwood. And then in the other game in Group B, it's Trim versus Moyla. That game is on Sunday in Cortown at 5 pm. Uh, in Group C, Sidden versus Waterstown. Uh, the reigning uh, Cornabonia uh, champions, obviously from 2020. 2021 hasn't been played the final and that game is in Castletown at 7.30 on Friday then on Sunday it's Mead Hill against Old Castle and that game is at 3pm in Park Colchon Group D sees Kilmainham taking on Dulic Bellystown and Ardcath at 6.30 on Saturday the 14th and then on Sunday it's Beliver against Drumbarra um, at 3pm in Sean Newman Park and then in Group E the final group it's Saturday the 14th, Dundery versus um, Rathkenny. That's in Waterstown at 6.30. And then on Sunday, it's St. Michael's against Bannon Locker. That game is at Kilmainham, uh, in Kilmainham at 1pm on Sunday. Davey, the games that stick out for you there now, uh, if you want to go group by group. Yeah, I, li- I like Bannon Locker and uh, St. Michael's. I think that's a proper North Mead derby. There was only a point between them when the, mate, when the Mets are in the Cornabonia uh, a few weeks ago. They'll be... Nothing easy in that one. It'll be it'll be blood and thunder all the way through. Um, Beliver and Drumbarra in Bormean at three o'clock on Sunday. I like that one as well. Very competitive. The junior champions, obviously, Beliver coming up, playing their first game back in intermediate. Playing a Drumbarra side who finished the Cups extremely strong, Mickey. I think they won four or five on the spin uh, to finish off their, their campaign. They're strong. They're a dangerous proposition. That could be really competitive. And the game I love is... Old Castle and Mead Hill. I yes. just think that's a proper, that'll be a proper North Mead dust up. They had a great clash in uh, Ballinlock only a couple of years ago in the Intermediate Championship, which is the stuff of legend these days in Mead Hill. Um, Old Castle, Old Castle have definitely improved. Drew McDab, as you know, has, has gone in and, and really sort of boosted uh, morale. They were beaten in the Talton semi-final against Pats. They were a little bit under strength. I wouldn't really reference that game too much, to be honest. Aside from that, they had a decent campaign. Mead Hill, very, very good. And then beaten by a point in the last round game against Michaels. Unfortunately for them, two of them were defending 100% record. So that could be anything. Two really good informed sides. Um, so they'd be my sort of three games to pick out in the intermediate. I think Group A is very, very interesting with Nobber taking on Blackhall Gales. Again, uh, an inconsistent Blackhall Gales so far when they when they play 
they play, but when they don't turn up, they don't turn up. And another, of course, uh, with uh, the likes of Jordy Morris back should be a tough proposition. And then St. Pat's against Bective. Um, mm. That's a tasty one there. Again, a very inconsistent Bective. You don't know what Bective side is coming out. When on their day, they can shoot the lights out. But again, they're, they're inconsistent. Whereas St. Pat's have got a bit of consistency back this year. So um, lots to look forward to next weekend um, between all them, David. Yeah, and Albert are very interesting. I, you know, they were really, really poor in the corner bone yet. They sort of had that hangover. This is going to be an acid test. It's a Black Hole Gale side who, in fairness, have fallen off the wagon a little bit to what they were in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. The dual aspect has affected them. They've got a couple of injuries in that to contend with. So that game could be really interesting. You're right, Mickey. Um, and Pats, yeah, look at I, I think Pats win. I, I think Pats are a different animal to what they were last year. Um, Bechtel, for me, are a little bit too inconsistent. I think Pats will be a little bit too seasoned and defensively, if they can curtail them. I worry about Bechtel defensively. I don't think they're strong enough and they concede mm. too much. Davey's given away one of his predictions that we will be doing on <laughs> You're the Ireland Lions podcast. <laughs> um, uh, and then... Obviously, Trim and Moila, there's a great one as well. Will Trim have stopped celebrating by next weekend? That's one of the things. The Moila lads will hope not. Like, and, uh, <laughs> you know, look, we have that in Carter next Sunday evening. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, look, it's a bit of a mismatch for me. I think Moila are really, really struggling, Mickey. Numbers aren't good. You know, they have new management only in there the last couple of weeks with, with Thea Crosweeney from um, Castle Rahan going in there to, to, to try and pick up the pieces from what went before. Um, I worry for them. I think that could be that could be a little bit ugly. I hope for their sake that Trim won't be just that full throttle, or else it could be a massacre. Yeah, yeah. He's. I think he's given away his second prediction of the intermediate championship. But we're going to move on now to the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship, the race for the Keaton Cup, Group A: O'Matney's versus Dunmore Ashburn. Both of these games on Sunday. So uh, O'Matney's and Ashburn are in Dunshockland at 6pm on Sunday. Matholt versus Dunshockland. That's in Ashburn on Sunday at 1pm. So they're not only are they uh, playing against each other, but they're using each other's pitches as well. For, <laughs> for brilliant. In Group B uh, on so- Saturday, it's St. Colin Kills versus Ballinabracky. That game is in Park Pulch at 630 and on Sunday, it's Coraha versus Nafina in Trim at 1pm. In Group C, it's Simon's Terry. Sorry, uh, on both of these games are on Sunday. Um, it's Gail Colum Gill versus Wolf Tones. That game is in Park Tolchin uh, at 12.45pm. And then if you race from Park Tolchin to screen, you'll be able to see Simon's Terry against Minalby. That game is at 2pm. Um, so, uh, well, you'd probably be doing well. You might get the second half. So you will, but it's it's an awful graveyard for Simon's turn. Screen is, and um, you know you think with Colin O'Rourke, the connection with Colin O'Rourke that he'd tell us you know how to win in screen. He's won many a game in screen. We'll come back to that in a couple of moments. But in Group D on Friday night, Screen versus Dunboyne. That's in Park Tolchin at seven thirty, and then on Sunday it is Central Stern versus Summerhill again in Park Tolchin on at five fifteen p.m. Davy. Talk about all these games. These are all really mouth-watering games uh, ahead of us. Yeah, and we will do in the, in the Loyal Royals podcast, obviously, for previewing the senior. But you're right. There's some cracking ties in there. Do you know what, Mickey? Of all of them, I like Balnebracki and St. Column Kills. I think this is a proper romantic tie between two sides. You've gone up in recent years. Column Kills have probably gone up. Many people expecting them to do great things. They've just sort of stagnated a bit at senior level. Valnerbracki are coming up. They're going to be all guns plays going into Park Talton on Saturday evening. Uh, the scene of the crime from last year's intermediate win against uh, Trim. And that's a fascinating duel. I think that could be a cracking game. I also like Dunshocklin and Retote. And they're the senior champions, but they haven't been going well. Dunshocklin, I don't think you could read too much into their early results in the in the Fesh Cup because they were missing so many players. They've got a whole host of unraged talent coming in now to play their first year of adult football. I think they're a fascinating prospect and I would fully expect them to give her the right good rattle of it um, and, and give them a proper game. Um, and then you look at your, you know, your group, that, that Manalvi game is, is a very attractive looking game. And you have the repeat of last week's Bank Holiday Monday Fesh Cup game between Wolf Tones and Gilcom Gil. Wolf Tones obviously getting a bit of redemption there at the weekend, winning the Intermediate Hurling Championship in Park Talton. Um, 
Gail Colum Kill will want to just put down another marker. I was just thinking about that because it was I'm, I'll be at that game and I hope that the managers will stick around, whoever it is, Michael McDermott or Larwall will stick around to talk to us that they won't be in such a rush to get over to watch <laughs> yourselves and, and Manalvi um, after Mickey. But that's a, that's a fascinating group and I think the, the first couple of results in those um, games are, are really key because they're going to set the tone for the campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I, I it's... <laughs> I nearly fear for a team coming out of that group. Um, it's like it's it, it, it's like it's like the four provinces of Ireland, and this is like Ulster. So it is, you know, you to win your group and get out of your group, you'll have to have done some job. Do you know that kind of way? You'll have to have played some games. There'll be some battles, and then are you battle hardened when you come to when you come to a quarter final? Are you just knackered when you come to a quarter final because <laughs> you've just had to use expend so much energy? You know, in, in the other groups, you would say there's maybe, without uh, naming them, but you'd nearly say that there's a whipping boy in each group. You know, that kind of way. Whereas in Group C, there is no whipping boy. There's, there's a lot of teams there. Where four, all four teams will be looking at it going, yeah, we can, get, we can get out of this group. So, yeah, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. But that is going to be the, the three championships starting off next weekend. Absolutely thrilling to see some of the, 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 the fixtures that we are going to be um, uh, looking back at next weekend. But we will be um, giving our predictions on all those games in the Loyal Royals and we'll be going into depth on uh, each of the games as well. So head on over to the Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead and you'll get all of those and you'll get all of our um, uh, reviews of the hurling finals from the weekend as well. Um, Davy, that's the fixtures done. I think we'll move on now to our lotto segment and uh, then we'll finish off, obviously, with our Instagram interactive. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. So first up in the weekly lottos was uh, Dunshocklin and Royal Gales. The results from their draw on the 3rd of the 8th, the numbers drawn were 2, 3, 5 and 24. They had no jackpot winner. They had seven match three winners who collected 30 quid each. The next draw is tomorrow night, Monday at half eight, live on Facebook. 13,000 euro of a jackpot reserve. It's going to hit next week. 12,800 is the reserve at the moment. Um, so thank you for your support. You can play that on Club Force. Um, Castletown, next up, their results from the 3rd of August. The numbers drawn were 5, 7, 19, and 23. The 2,900 euro jackpot was, in fact, not one. They had five uh, 30 euro lucky dip winners who indeed were Michelle Lennon, Gemma Donnelly, Mary Smith, who won not once but twice. So she won two of the five lucky dips. How rare is that? And Jimmy Carlin was the other one. So um, 60 quid going into the pocket of Mary Smith. Not a bad, uh, not a bad night's work for her. And um, you can play next week's 3,000 euro jackpot at the smartlotto.ie forward slash Castleton GFC. Uh, my own core town uh, results from Friday night, August 6th, 5,700 euro of a jackpot wasn't won. We had five 20 euro winners who were Paula Halpin, James Jackson, Pete Riley, Vera Harford and Andy Noon. Mike Bray was the winner of our Waterford retro jersey and Jim Castley was the fourth trolley dash finalist. Numbers drawn were 9, 18, 20 and 24. Uh, 5,800 euro, 5, euro of a jackpot next Friday night. Another trolley dash, another retro jersey, all at cortonga.com forward slash lotto. Gail Column Kill, they had no winner of their 12,000 euro jackpot. Um, there was three match three winners who all share 150 quid between them, so 50 euro each. Megan Farley, Sheila McDonald and Shawnee Curran Sr. Um, the numbers are almost 4, 8, 9 and 10. You can play online at gailcolumkill.ie. Oldcastle GFC, 12,000 euro of a jackpot next Wednesday. You can play that one on Club Force. Dunsany, GA, numbers drawn were 1, 2, 17, and 21. They had one match trainer, one match three winner, who was Jerry Brady, who collected 150 euro for his troubles. Next week's jackpot rolls on to 7,200 euro. Navin O'Mahony's, 8,000 euro of a jackpot next Tuesday night at 9 p.m. The match three winners from last week were Samantha Crowley, Teresa Finnegan, and they share 200 euro between them, so 100 quid each. Um, Ballinabraki, GFC, the results from their last lotto um, wasn't won. The numbers drawn were 3, 8, 23, and 24. Number seven was the bonus ball. The three match three winners were Billy Gannon, Eamon Farrell, and Nee Farrell. 
Um, next week's jackpot is 6,100 euro. The four numbers plus the bonus uh, pays an extra 1,500 euro. And that's proudly sponsored by our own sponsor, PR Kine and Sons as well. Um, Kilmainham, next up, 6,900 euro of a jackpot every Monday. Minolte GFC, every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Jackpot remains at 15,000 euro. Draw reserve increased by 200 euro each week and now sits at 7,200. You can play it on Club Force. And the final one on my radar is Kildalki GFC, 10,500 this week. Draw takes place live every Tuesday night on Facebook at 10 p.m. You can play that one at Club Force. Absolutely. And and just before I give you my two, uh, just again mentioning P.R. Coyne and Sons there, they did do an open day down in Ballinabracky a couple of weeks ago um, where they showcased the Automores working on their um, pitch uh, down in Ballinabracky in, in Boyne Park. Again, if anybody is interested, get in contact with P.R. Coyne. They're doing an unbelievable deal that if you do um, take the Automores for your pitch, which will save your club so much money, they will also, if you buy the three motors for your for, for, for your pitch, they will give you one to raffle off. An absolutely unbelievable uh, uh, deal there. You could pay for your automores uh, for the pitch um, and by doing the raffle, and then somebody gets to have one for their garden and I can confirm they are absolutely incredible. Absolutely amazing. Get get on to PR Coin and Sons. Get on to us here at the show and we'll give you the details if you need uh, need them but any club out there that is thinking about doing this this is an amazing amazing uh, deal for you you will save yourself so much money uh, by doing it but again get on to us or get on to PR coin for that two more lot of results and um, Simonson Lotto was not won uh, last weekend the jackpot was 6,400 the match three winners were Elizabeth McCabe, Theresa Doyle and Shea Harrington. The numbers run were 4, 6, 10 and 30. And you can do that on the club's app or you can go to their social media and you can find the links to that. The draw for next Friday, the, to- the uh, jackpot will be 6,450. And then from Centralstown, their jackpot was not won. It is 10,000 euro. And um, you can go to the Smart Lotto app to do the lotto or again, Go on to any of the social media pages and you will find the link to their lotto. And again, if you're not in, you can't win. But that is the I suppose that's the, the that, that's the rule for all of these lottos. Get in and get on to them. And Davy, again, I think we are going to win one of these in the next few weeks. I just have a feeling on me waters. Um Davy, just before we move on to Instagram Interactive, I did miss a couple of results that you had from the junior hurling, the junior two, and of course. The minor hurling final as well, where Trim managed to pick up the double on the same day. Yeah, absolutely. So starting on Friday evening was the junior two hurling final from last year, from 2020, and it was Dundry who recorded a win over Boards Mill. That would be Boards Mill's second team and also Dundry's as well. But Dundry won it on a scoreline of five, eight to eleven points, and brilliant for Killian Minogue. He's a young man. He's had difficult time with Mickey he was in charge of Dundry managing them a great achievement for him and uh, I, I know the players were absolutely thrilled for him as well to get that so it meant a lot to the Dundry club on Friday night and um, then the next one was the junior hurling championship final proper say from 2020 and it was between Kilmesson and Retoth and Retoth did get over the line on this occasion they won on a scoreline of 211 to 111 against Kilmesson and then finally, the last game, which I think we missed out on, was that minor final, uh, Division One final from 2020. And it was, uh, as you already said, the double for Trim. They beat Retoth resoundingly on a scoreline at 2.15 to 1.5. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and interesting that both of the, the minor hurling final and the senior hurling final from last year um, were uh, both <laughs> contested by Retoth and Trim. Trim doing the double over at both on the same day. So uh, well done to Trim. Um, but that senior hurling final was something that will go down in the, the, the annals of history as one of the greatest games of hurling played in, 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 in a senior hurling final in Mead. Absolutely incredible stuff. And, you know, bitterly disappointing for a throat to lose in the manner that they did. But again, as you alluded to earlier on, Davy, they managed to pick up a Keegan Cup last year in similar style. And it was Gail Colin Kill who had to suffer the way they suffer today. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Hoosk Varna, we have the perfect solution. 
Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Um, Davy, we'll move on now to our final segment, and it is, of course, uh, of course, the Instagram interactive. Yeah, naturally enough, Mickey, a lot of it is centred around that incredible uh, senior hurling final uh, earlier on today. First one is from Shane Mangan, and he said the trim football game next weekend moved to Marcy's to accommodate the trim hurlers. <laughs> yeah, I did I did allude to that uh, when we were looking through the fixtures for next weekend. Um, you know, Moila, it's against Moila, isn't it? Uh, like Moila, yeah. would be, Moila would be delighted. If, Played um, in the in the car park in Marcy's, yeah. Well, they'd be delighted if Trim stayed in Marcy's for the week. Um, and, and only a few of them turned up for that intermediate uh, uh, match in Group B. But uh, yeah, um, look, well deserved. You know, their first in twenty years. Two thousand and one was the last time they picked up. Um, I think Rathout were. Uh, when did they last pick oh, up? Oh, it's 50, 55, 56 years ago. I think. Yeah, 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 and they were looking to be the third team in Mead to pick up the double um, the same year, the senior football and senior hurling. Clemesson did it in, oh, what was it, 1939? They won the uh, senior football and senior hurling. And then it was done again, what, 46 years later by Navin O'Matney's um, in 1985. So it would have been, what, 36 years later that it would have been done again if, if Rathod were able to do it. But look, they'll come back and they'll come back in the, in, in the football and the hurling and, and look to try and do it again. Absolutely brilliant. From both clubs that are really good dual clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Darren McGill uh, hurting, as you'd imagine, uh, tonight. He said injury time in extra time a bit short. No. I thought that myself. Um, because yeah. the, because at the end of the first half, they played like four minutes. At the end of the normal time, they played six minutes. At the end of the first half of... They played two. Uh, of, uh, yeah, and then at the end of... Full time or uh, added second half of uh, extra time was only a minute added or something. So yeah, and, yeah, and I, the, it was quite stop start and extra time, Mickey as well. Yeah. There was quite a few stoppages in that as well. So you know, possibly he has a point about it. You know, I don't, I don't think one way or another it wasn't going to end well for one of them. And unfortunately, we're told they're just the side they didn't deserve to lose. Neither I team deserved to lose, but. I think a lot of I think there was a lot of people saying that last year after the Keegan Cup final as well that the the extra time was a little bit short or or maybe it went on too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depends what side of the fence you're on. Right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, good point. Good point. Um, Joe McQueenie is next in, and he said trim making retold feel like Kells did after the Keegan final. What a game! What a game he's right to have. Like I, I, you've mentioned it and I've alluded to it as well a few times. It was very similar. Um, but what a game, Harlan. And yeah, absolutely brilliant. I don't want to again just uh, commend you, Davey Rispin, on your commentary. I listened to it on the radio. Um, I didn't realise that it was it was live on, on Meet GA Facebook or whatever because it was on the radio. Um, but I when I got home, I got to watch some of it back and I was listening to your commentary. And I have to say, Davey, it was... So exciting. You did it justice. Um, Thanks, Mickey. You were absolutely brilliant, I have to say. So, um, Top yeah, man. Kudos to you, buddy. Thanks a million. Uh, Joe followed that up by saying, some say Balnebracki have taken up hurling because they can't bear to see Trim win. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> oh, do you know what's going to happen there? He's just after fueling the fire there. I bet you somebody in Balnebracki will say, lads, we need to get a hurling team there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think it'd be safe to give them Balabraki lads sticks, <laughs> but yeah, we will see. Um, Jack Walsh, true to form, Rovers last minute winner versus the Albanian champions. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they, they march on, don't they? Um, I think to the next round. Or whatever. No, so, I think second leg. I think that, that was the first oh, leg. Oh, Italy, yes, yeah. is right. Yes, yes, yes. The first leg in Talis. So. But uh, in fairness, and I know we're not uh, anyway affiliated to soccer, and the Irish clubs are performing miracles in, in Europe this year. It's brilliant to see. Yeah, absolutely. But it's what the conference league or something like that. Ah, yeah, look, no, it like, is, so it is, it is. It's, it's like the as I said before, and, and no disrespect to the Premier, but like it's 
what's the lowest division in Premier? Premier Eight, is it? Premier Eight, this, probably. Yeah. This, this is Premier Nine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, Jack, but you know, let's call it as it is. Uh, JP Purcell next in, and he said, "Any news on the minor club championships? Will they definitely go ahead?" I don't know, Mickey, have you heard, but I haven't heard Ant say that they wouldn't go. I don't know why they wouldn't continue yeah. or go ahead. Is it to do with maybe the mid minor is still going? I would say it'll still happen. It'll be just after the, the minors are finished with uh, yeah, with their voyage. I haven't, I haven't heard anything to the contrary, um, but maybe this is the start of us hearing something about it. But uh, I, I'm sure that, that the, the club minor championship will, will go ahead at some stage. Dennis Lynch next in, and he asked, will a club ever do the football and hurling senior double ever been done again? Or sorry, yeah. ever be done again? Yeah, well, look, as we said, it's been done twice before. Clemesson in 1939 when both uh, O'Matneys did it uh, in 1985. But Hope Nearly did it in 2001. But look, or 2021, there's no reason. Like, you're, you're st- we're starting to see the... Like, if Trimble took up the senior championship in football, you know, you're, you're adding another team there that is a dual hurling and football club uh, that could very easily um, win both. But uh, at the moment, the most likely of clubs to do it is with hope. For sure. Um, next up is two from Sean uh, McDonough. And the first one says, Dougie's balls of steel, Tover's <laughs> distribution. Trim's never say die attitude. He says, "Congratulations, the Neely Cole has given serious service to Trim GA." McDonough uh, probably knows more about uh, Dougie's balls of steel than, than we do. Um, but uh, I actually yeah. that, that was something I said to Neely in the interview after was his balls of steel, and that's the only way you could describe it, Mickey. Really, when you watch it back, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, incredible. incredible. Like, you, you know, to take on. Take on the the, the free. Um, your team is a point down. It's practically, literally, it seemed like it was going to be the last book of the game, and uh, yeah, to do it and, and and not even being the second, third, or maybe even fourth choice free taker, and he steps up and just knocks it over the bar from sixty meters against the wind as well. It has to be yeah. said, um, because uh, Matoke would have been playing with the wind into the town end in that second half of extra time. Um, that was something as well that neither team seemed to be able to use the wind to full effect were totally led by a point at half time with the wind at their backs and it was a really 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 strong wind you saw that from Padre Hammer in threes um, and uh, again Trim weren't able to use it to full effect in the second half um, but uh, yeah um, incredible stuff Absolutely. Uh, I think the final one up is from Craig DJ Manning and he said cheeky this by the way he said Great scene, retort beat. To be fair, Ooh, where is he from? I wonder. Kilbride. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. Right, I thought he might have been from Kells, but uh, yeah, he's got he's he's also got the whole thing going on there with Kilbride. Yeah, um, ah, look, um, what I was what I loved about it today was looking at the dual players, um, and the amount of dual players on both teams that play high end football for their for their club. And they play at the top level of hurling as well for their club. Um, some of them playing mead hurling, some of them playing mead football. You know, I just thought that was brilliant to see that these lads give everything to the county as football and hurling, but then they come back to their club and they give it everything for the football and the hurling in their club, which I think, you know, that, that, that they deserve huge credit for that. And it was a very, very tough way to lose a final, but it was either that or go to penalties. Because yeah. the game had to. The I, I, had to I, I don't think it did. We only found out after, and this was on the program. It was what everybody thought, that it had to, but it wasn't. That did oh. not go through because I only spoke to a, a couple of the officials after the game, and they said it wouldn't have been, it would have been a draw, and logistically, it would have been an absolute nightmare. When would they have fit it in? Because you have the under 20 hurling final this Wednesday, the All Ireland. You have the club championship in football starting next week, and then the club hurling championship starting the following week. So it would have been an all out disaster for them had it, had it not been settled today. I wonder, had he an earpiece, the referee? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, because if we did, I'd say they probably would have gotten to blow it after normal time, not let it go to extra time. But yeah, no. Uh, he, he, by the way, Pacan had a great game. Um, yeah. because he really added to it. he let the game play 
he let things develop and it definitely added to the spectacle. No and he didn't, let, he didn't let players or management away with anything on the sideline either and, 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 and um, uh, ended up throwing the ball in a couple of times when, when mm. players and officials from either side uh, got in his face and stuff. And, you know, I thought that was very strong of him to do that. For sure. Um, that's it from Instagram, Mickey. Is that it from Instagram? All oh, right, okay. That's a quiet one this week on Instagram. Davey, have you anything else for the podcast this week? I do. I have one thing from St. Column Kills GFC, Mickey. Um, and I just wanted to give this a bit of a plug. They were very good to us in, in looking after us with a pitch over the weekend. And they're doing a big fundraiser at the moment. Um, it's win a garden room. So it's one of these garden rooms that you can use as like an office pod or whatever you want to do out in your garden. It's a fabulous looking thing. Um, they're, they're raffling off one of those. Um, the tickets are 20 quid each. Um, and you can buy a ticket and find out more about it at winagardenroom.ie. So go on there and get your tickets for that. Uh, supports and column kills, but also be in the draw to possibly win a fantastic garden room for your back garden. Yeah, it's winagardenroom.ie or go on to any of St. Column Kills social media. I'm sure it's going to be plastered all over their social media and uh, get on there if you would. Uh, like to uh, buy a ticket for 20 euros. There a deal for three for 50 daily. There usually is on these ones. I'm not sure. There's nothing, no mention of it now, to be fair. No, right. Well, uh, get on, buy three of them for 60 then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's it from us for this week. It's a good point for Davey. It's a good point for me. And remember, we are me. Why matters more.